What's happening in the world right now coming up on NTD News. First, our top stories. Florida residents opposing a new immigration bill signed by Governor DeSantis. We bring you the scenes from this week's protest. The new jobs report is out. The U.S. added nearly 340,000 jobs in April, beating expectations for the 14th straight month. Congress could soon learn more about allegations involving a foreign national and President Biden when he was vice president. The FBI says it will hand over a key document on Monday. Consumer Reports is challenging the Food and Drug Administration. It says the agency's new apple juice rule is a danger to kids. Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Kevin Hogan. Our top news is a protest against a new immigration law that's by some Florida residents this week. Illegal immigrants say they came to the U.S. to work and that the new law is making it harder for them. Here are the scenes from the protest. Thousands of protesters took to the streets in a small town in southern Florida on Thursday. They showed their opposition to an immigration bill passed by Governor Ron DeSantis. The bill, titled SB 1718, was signed into law a month ago. It introduces new measures aimed at curbing illegal immigration and human trafficking. One of them requires that any employer with over 25 employees will have to use an e-verify system for documentation. I came to this country to work here, and they don't give me the right to work. I can't do anything. We simply came to work to get ahead, to get our family ahead. We have children, citizens here. They are scared, they are suffering, and are worried, afraid of being left alone. The bill also enhances penalties for human smuggling. That applies to smugglers who transport minors and to those who smuggle more than five people. The law will also prohibit local governments from issuing ID cards to illegal immigrants. And it requires hospitals to collect and submit data on the cost of providing health care to illegal immigrants. DeSantis signed the bill in the wake of immigration policy Title 42 expiring a month ago. The expiration led to a big influx at an already overwhelmed border. DeSantis said this when he signed the bill. You have a duty to ensure that these borders are secure. Uh, This is a huge disaster on our hands, and it does not uh, comport with the duties of his office to just allow this to happen. In Fort Lauderdale, a small group of protesters also gathered on Thursday, criticizing the bill. The Latino community is very important for Florida because it does the job that most people don't. We work a lot in this country, 15 or 16 straight hours nonstop. The bill is set to take effect on July 1st. Moving on to some electioneering, the GOP candidates take part in the roast and ride by Iowa Senator Joni Ernst. This kicks off the summer campaigning, and it comes as President Biden eyes North Carolina, where he lost by the fewest votes last election. Let's hear more about how candidates are making an impression on a fast-growing segment of the electorate, Latinos. Please welcome Javier Palomares, founder and CEO of the U.S. Hispanic Business Council. Javier, it's great to have you on the show today. How are you, Kevin? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How, how are, can Republican candidates like frontrunners Trump and DeSantis appeal to Hispanic voters? You know, I think in, in, in terms of what the Republican Party is doing, and certainly these two candidates, uh, it's really just continue more of what you've done. Uh, you know, as a Democrat, I kind of, uh, I hate myself for saying this, but uh, DeSantis particularly 
has illustrated that he can reach the Hispanic market very effectively, at least in the state of Florida, uh, which, by the way, the Hispanic community within the state of Florida is quite diverse. You've got, you know, you've got uh, Puerto Ricans, you've got Cubans, you've got Venezuelans, you've got Colombians, you've got Mexicans. And he has uh, exceedingly well reached out to them and had been able to garner their vote, more than 60 percent. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, more than anybody else has done in a very, very long time in the state of Florida. If he can take that nationally, uh, he will be somebody to contend with, that's for sure. And specifically, what policies have led to that? You know, I think uh, in the case of DeSantis, uh, he has really kept it about the economy. Um, I think he comprehends because he's surrounded by people that, that understand that the Hispanic community, of course, cares about immigration, but it is not the only issue. It's not even the top issue. We care about all the other things that the American family cares about. We care about jobs, the economy, you know, national security, uh, uh, health care. And he's kept his work and his campaigning around those issues. And that's what's striking at the heart of the American family and also the Hispanic voter. Yes, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Javier, how have energy permitting provisions in the debt deal impacted Hispanics? Oh, I've got to tell you, Kevin, we are delighted this morning. Um, I mean, as you know, a default would have been catastrophic for the American small business community and certainly for the Hispanic community. It would have, uh, you know, would have cost us anywhere from eight to 10 million jobs in months. Uh, interest rates would have continued to rise. Uh, and our stock market would have lost an estimated $10 trillion. So not getting there was amazing. It, there's something to celebrate here. And I got to tell you, I am particularly thankful uh, for the role that Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona played. Uh, she played a pivotal role in bringing both sides of the aisle together and ensuring that calmer heads prevailed. She managed also to preserve permitting uh, which is critical uh, for our nation, for our economy, and for the American small business community. Uh, I think she illustrated, at least to me, that she understands um, the criticality of domestic energy price and production and its impact on the American economy and millions of American jobs. So, you know, we couldn't be uh, happier. Um, she has done a, a phenomenal job. And to the best of my recollection, uh, Kristen Cinema is not Hispanic. But last night, she did more for the Hispanic community than anybody has done in a very long time. It's a great way for us to start the weekend. And, you know, I just want to shout out to, uh, uh, to Senator Kristen Sinema. Thank you for what you've done and ensuring that we have been able to reach a deal and we, uh, we didn't go into default. This is a wonderful morning for the American small business community. Very interesting perspective, Javier Palomares, Hispanic Business Council. It's always great to have your analysis. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Have a There may be an unhealthy amount of arsenic in apple juice. Consumer Reports is concerned about health risks to children. It's criticizing the Food and Drug Administration's guidance on inorganic arsenic limits. Inorganic arsenic is considered highly toxic. The FDA issued its final guidance yesterday, setting the permissible level in apple juice at 10 parts per billion, Consumer Reports disagrees with the FDA and stressed that the limit should be lower, especially for foods consumed by children. The advocacy organization suggests that three parts per billion would be a safer standard for inorganic arsenic in apple juice. It conducted its own testing in 2018 and found elevated levels of cadmium, inorganic arsenic, 
and lead in 21 out of 45 tested fruit juices. Arsenic can be found in food due to its presence in the environment where food is produced and processed. It can occur naturally or result from human activities like the use of pesticides containing arsenic. The FBI is preparing to bring an internal law enforcement document to Capitol Hill on Monday. Some Republicans believe it will shed light on an allegation that then-Vice President Joe Biden was involved in a criminal scheme with a foreign national. Representatives James Comer and Jamie Raskin will review it. The document contains allegations made by an unnamed whistleblower about an alleged $5 million criminal scheme. Comer subpoenaed FBI Director Christopher Wray for the document last month. Comer has since said he plans to begin proceedings to hold Wray in contempt of Congress for failing to turn it over. Despite the FBI's accommodation, Comer plans to move forward with the contempt process. He argues it is not enough to satisfy the terms of his subpoena. The president's son, Hunter Biden, could face legal consequences for a gun purchase, but his lawyers say that they would challenge that under the Second Amendment. Because Hunter Biden said he was using drugs at the time, the Justice Department may prosecute him for a gun purchase. When he purchased the gun in 2018, he filled out a form and denied drug use, but in his memoir, he says he was smoking crack every 15 minutes. A 1968 law denies drug users the right to own guns. Hunter Biden could face up to 15 years in prison over this. But his lawyers could choose to challenge any charges by taking advantage of a recent Supreme Court decision that broadened gun rights. The case dealt with gun laws in New York that justices decided were too restrictive. President Biden at the time said he was against the ruling. And coming up, teens in New York are in legal trouble for kidnapping a town's beloved swan and her four babies and then eating the mama swan. World War II veterans make their way from the U.S. to the site of the D-Day battle in Normandy. We'll have that story for you in just a moment. Welcome back. We're continuing our coverage with social media. Twitter's head of trust and safety has resigned from the company. Ella Irwin took over the department in November after previous head Yul Roth resigned. She oversaw content moderation. Irwin did not comment on her resignation. However, Axios reports the decision followed controversy over a video titled, What is a Woman? Twitter staff determined it violates hate speech rules and didn't allow it. The film focuses on gender and transgender issues. Musk called the decision a mistake by many people at Twitter and said it's definitely allowed. He later tweeted, whether or not you agree with someone's using preferred pronouns, not doing so is at most rude and certainly breaks no laws. The entrepreneur added that he personally uses people's preferred pronouns simply for good manners. However, he says he objects to rude behavior, cancellation, or threats of violence for not using someone's preferred pronouns for the same reason. New details in the death of accused sexual abuser Jeffrey Epstein have come out. The Associated Press obtained records of his final days. The Associated Press has obtained more than 4,000 pages of documents related to Epstein's death from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Jail officials wrote that Epstein was agitated and unable to sleep. He called himself a coward and complained he was struggling to adapt to life behind bars. 
The disgraced financier was under psychological observation at the time for a suicide attempt just days earlier. But the records say Epstein insisted he wasn't suicidal, telling a jail psychologist he had a wonderful life and would be crazy to end it. Epstein was found dead on August 10, 2019. In one email, a prosecutor involved in Epstein's criminal case complained about a lack of information from the Bureau of Prisons in the critical hours after his death. He wrote that it was frankly unbelievable that the agency was issuing public press releases before basic information was given to Epstein's attorneys and his family. The documents also say Epstein tried to connect by mail with another high-profile pedophile, U.S. gymnastics team doctor Larry Nassar. The number of jobs added in the U.S. economy beat expectations again, according to new Labor Department data. This is the 14th month in a row that it has overperformed. Here's more. The number of jobs added in the U.S. beat expectations again in May. A total of 339,000 were added last month, according to new data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But despite strong hiring, the unemployment rate rose last month. It ticked up three-tenths of one percent, now sitting at 3.7 percent. Here's ZipRecruiter's chief economist, Julia Pollack. The increase in the unemployment rate is almost sort of uh, unprecedented. It's, it's very unusual to have a 0.3 percentage point increase in the unemployment rate. Um, so that is very much uh, a sign that perhaps there's more slackness in the labor market than the rosy top line figures suggest. The Labor Department jobs report combines two surveys. One is the household survey, which asks individuals about their job status. And the other is the establishment survey, which collects data from businesses. The two surveys from the report today are sending conflicting messages. This jobs report, it sent very mixed signals. On the one hand, you have a total blockbuster of an establishment survey with over 300,000 jobs added. Then in the household survey, though, uh, the change in employment was about as large and in the opposite direction. Uh, The household survey showed a 440,000 increase in the number of unemployed Americans. The household survey tends to be more sensitive. It picks up weaknesses in the labor market before the establishment survey does. Some other signs of weakness in this report are decline in the work week and working hours and the decline of manufacturing jobs. I think there is reason to be concerned because interest rates have risen so much in recent months and we know that they usually have a drag on the labor market. There are signs also in the GDP report that uh, investment has been cooling in response to these high interest rates and when investment falls we know that employment tends to fall later. But despite signs of weakness, the labor market has been resilient. The continued recovery in sectors like restaurants, air travel, arts, and entertainment have been holding it up. Target stock downgraded by a J.P. Morgan analyst. It comes as the store faces backlash over the chain's LGBT merchandise. We hear from an expert on how this happened. Please welcome Will Hild, Executive Director of Consumers Research. Will, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here. What role have consumers played in Target stock being downgraded from overweight, meaning that its price is expected to perform better in the future, to now neutral? Yeah, that's a great question. It's been incredible to see the amount of pushback that consumers have, have placed on Target, where they're really incredible, absurd, and atrocious assault on, on you know, 
any kind of idea of what's normal and what should be you know, presented to kids in, in the form of these displays and these bizarre products. Give us an idea of the scope of what Target stock is going through right now. Well, it's been basically on a, in a free fall for the last two weeks since this controversy started. Uh, consumers, and, and what's really incredible about this is there's no real central authority calling for this boycott. This has been a grassroots um, changing of consumer behavior. Basically, people are just sick of having uh, divisive social issues shoved in their faces, shoved in their kids' faces, uh, and you're seeing a, a, a very swift and decisive pattern of behavior change when it comes to where people spend their money. What can you tell us about the specifics of this LGBT-themed merchandise? Well, it, it not only does it, it look like it targets kids, uh, no pun intended, but they part of it was designed working with a, an artist who is known for satanic influences, and that's not my words. That's that's the artists. Uh, so, so you have almost like another situation like Balenciaga, where uh, or Balenciaga, excuse me, uh, where they're doing weird things with kids and Satanism, and and you have to question a, a brick and mortar retailer that's supposed to be, you know, just. You know, where you can go get a bathing suit. Why are they doing this? And I think the consumers are asking that same question, saying, I I'm not going to spend my money with people working with Satanists. People in Satan don't mix, let alone kids in Satan. And according to CPAC chairman Matt Schlapp, it is disturbing that Target partnered with that satanic designer. You've said that ESG is ultimately behind these LGBT-themed products at Target that the company, that the people are boycotting the company over. Can you explain that? Certainly. So the large asset managers that control large portions of Target and other corporations' stocks, they push their far-left progressive values through something called ESG investing, meaning they score these companies based on basically how much of the democratic platform they push. And one of the aspects that they use is called the Corporate, exec uh, corporate Equity Index, and that really is, is determined by how, how much they push far-left LGBTQ propaganda. And so Target does, you would think, have to worry most about their consumers, but they also have to worry about these big asset managers like BlackRock and Larry Fink. And so that's why you see some of these bizarre decisions that don't really seem to make sense in terms of the company's bottom line. And Will, as you know, ESG has been criticized for higher prices and less goods and services, which is something that consumers typically don't like. Will Hild, Executive Director of Consumers Research, thank you so much for your analysis. Thank you so much for having me. A town in upstate New York is mourning the loss of Faye, a swan who was stolen from the village pond over the weekend, along with her four baby chicks. The baby swans were recovered, but officials say the mama swan was eaten. Three teenagers were arrested Tuesday for the swan napping. The charges include grand larceny and criminal mischief. Police say the suspects thought it was a very large duck and didn't know the bird belonged to the village. They thought it was a wild animal and that they were hunting. Two of the suspects, ages 16 and 17, were released to their parents because they are juveniles. The third is 18 and is awaiting arraignment. Delta Airlines flew more than 40 U.S. World War II veterans from Atlanta to Normandy, France to commemorate 1944's D-Day invasion. Festivities started even before boarding. I remember all my good friends all passed, getting shot. I felt bad for them, but I just came out alive. I was just lucky. 
Ahead of the departure, a gate event and airport processional honored the veterans before boarding. The Dutchtown High School Marching Band, also traveling to Normandy to play during the D-Day commemoration, treated the veterans to a special performance followed by an honor guard ceremony. Delta provided support to the World War II veterans for this year's trip. Several employees received special training to serve as primary care providers. This training included dedicated time for employees to build friendship and trust with their assigned veteran prior to the journey. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, don't hesitate to email us at news.today at ntd.com. And just ahead, the UK Air Force is reportedly filtering out white male pilots as it strives to recruit more women and minorities for pilot positions. And the number of Albanian nationals in British jails has nearly doubled in recent years following a surge in illegal immigration to the United Kingdom. We'll have more for you shortly right here on NTD News Today. Good to have you back with us. The U.S. and Taiwan signed their first agreement under a new trade initiative yesterday. Analysts say the deal may boost Taiwan's ability to fend off economic coercion from Beijing. Last month, the two sides reached agreement on the first part of their trade initiative. It covers customs and border procedures, regulatory practices, and small business. Last August, Taiwan and the United States started talks under what is called the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st Century Trade. The pact is not expected to change tariffs, but supporters say it could bolster U.S. economic ties with Taiwan, opening the island to more U.S. exports. That's amid heightened tensions with China over the democratically governed island. Leaked emails show the U.K.'s Royal Air Force is being pressured to filter out white male pilots in an effort to hit diversity targets. Sky News reported that a squadron leader in the recruitment force called white male pilots useless. It's reported that several selection boards used to place new recruits on courses were canceled if they didn't include women or ethnic minorities. Sky News also reported that the force is paying over $6,000 to 31 white men each who found it had been disadvantaged by the recruitment policy seeking to boost diversity of the force. The Royal Air Force denies that it discriminates against white men and that its selection standards were lowered. In the UK, Albanians now make up the second biggest prison population after British nationals themselves. It comes as tens of thousands of migrants make the perilous journey over the sea from France to England. Entity's Malcolm Hudson has that report. The number of illegal immigrants from Albania in British jails has almost doubled in four years. That's according to analysis by the Epoch Times. This increase has been in part due to the influx of people crossing the English Channel from France to England in small boats. We're we're talking about tens of thousands of migrants who are crossing the Channel um, increasingly each year in the UK, and a huge number of them are Albanians. Albanian foreign nationals are the largest prison population in the UK, second only to British nationals. According to Ministry of Justice figures, nearly 1,400 Albanians are currently in custody in England and Wales. That's compared to just over 800 in 2019. There are lots of pressures on the UK's prison system. Presently, according to Lord Bellamy, the UK prison population is at 90, 99% capacity. On top of this, many migrants who entered the UK illegally are breaching their strict immigration bail conditions. 
Even Albanian uh, news channel, Top Channel, reported during the week that the Home Office uh, revealed to them that around 12,000 Albanian migrants have broken their bail conditions, their immigration bail conditions. Some have been reported to cut off electronic ankle tags to avoid detection by UK authorities. The UK agreed a deal with Albania to send Albanian criminals back to their home country to finish their jail sentences there. Britain will pay the prisons to take on the criminals and will also give Albania $17.5 million to improve its prison system. It may seem costly, but Devlin said it's a win-win situation. For the UK, it will be less expensive overall and it will reduce the strain on its prison system. And for Albania, its own prison system will be modernised. Malcolm Hudson, NTD News London. All right, in Germany, consumers say they feel the pinch as food prices keep rising. So food banks experienced higher demand, even though inflation has eased. Long lines form at this Berlin food bank. The coordinator says she has seen a rise in the number of people asking for help. Now there are people coming who are at the limit of their income. They say the prices have risen so much now, and now they know or heard that they have claims at the food bank, so now they come. Before they got by with their own money. In Germany, food prices rose by 15% in May, while inflation eased to around 6% after months of decline. Economists say it will be many months before consumers see the changes reflected on price tags. In mid-2021, fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine drove up natural gas and oil prices. And the global economy bounced back from the pandemic, straining supplies of parts and raw materials. We were serving 100 to 120 households just until the Ukraine war broke out, and now we are at 200. But we managed to get everyone who comes here a fruit and vegetable bag and meats, yogurt, vegetarian things, everything that we can collect. While energy and supply choke points have eased, workers are now demanding higher pay. Companies choose to raise prices to cover these costs, forcing food buyers into greater caution. Well, I would say that I have become more conscious of prices and pay more attention to where I go shopping. For example, I always make a plan at the beginning of the week about what I'm going to cook and when, and then I go shopping. Otherwise, one sometimes does impulse shopping in between. I avoid those now. Germany's economy shrank by 0.3% in the first quarter of the year. This follows a decline in the last quarter of 2022, which means Europe's largest economy has entered a recession. After the break, Russia says two people died in cross-border shelling from northern Ukraine. President Putin said he will not allow enemies to destabilize Russia. A Ukrainian soccer star is planning a charity soccer game. It will involve current players and legends from Arsenal, Chelsea and AC Milan. Stay tuned for that story when we return. Kevin Hogan.
Welcome back. We're continuing with the war in Europe. Russia said two civilians were killed and two others injured today after Ukraine shelled a town near the border. Officials in nearby regions also reported overnight drone attacks, leaving some buildings damaged. Kyiv has so far not commented. Russian President Putin told a meeting of his Security Council that he will not let enemies destabilize Russia. Taking into account the efforts that our air-wishers are still making and intensifying in order to stop the situation inside Russia. And you and I must do everything in order not to allow them to do this under any circumstances. Russian state TV released footage today of what it said were evacuees from a region neighboring Ukraine trying to leave the area as an explosion happened. Russian officials have in recent days reported intensified attacks from northern Ukraine. Its defense ministry said its forces had repelled three cross-border attacks yesterday. Ukraine denies its military is involved in the incursions. A group of pro-Ukrainian fighters today reported the second day of cross-border fighting. The Freedom of Russia Legion said the attacks aimed to stretch Russian defenses and force Moscow to divert troops from inside Ukraine to shore up the border. Russia's intelligence agency claimed it had uncovered an American espionage operation that compromised thousands of iPhones using sophisticated surveillance software. The Federal Security Service, the main successor to the Soviet-era KGB, said the operation targeted domestic Russian subscribers as well as foreign diplomats. The agency said the plot showed close cooperation between Apple and the National Security Agency, but it provided no evidence of the allegations. The NSA declined to comment. Apple denied the allegation, saying it never worked with any government to insert a backdoor into any Apple product and never will. Sweden is striving to join NATO in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. With having had a submarine force since 1903, the Nordic country promises to boost the alliance's Baltic security with its submarines. Moored at Sweden's largest naval base, the HMS Gotland, is one of three submarines of its type operated by the country's navy. The commander of Sweden's first submarine flotilla said the Nordic country has had a submarine force for nearly 120 years. Throughout that time as well, there have been self-sufficient on technology, crew training, uh, environmental experience as well. So I would say that, all in all, would be the strength of the Swedish submarine force. The head of collections at the Swedish Naval Museum said the country downsized its armed forces after the Cold War. It's uh, now a quite small fleet in, uh, compared to what we had in the 70s or 80s, but it's hopefully a more, uh, a more powerful fleet, ship to ship, so to speak. Sweden has a coastline of nearly 2,000 miles. The chief of the Royal Navy said Russia increased its activities in the Baltic Sea since five or six years ago. We are su- surveilling that one. We are, uh, we are there. We are, we're working together with other nations. Sweden is aiming to spend 2% of its GDP on defence by 2026 to increase its military capacity across land, sea and air. It is also doubling the number of conscripts to 50,000 by 2035. We need both to grow, uh, and that is more maybe capacity-wise, more than capability-wise, but we also need to operate together with others. Both Sweden and Finland applied to join NATO after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Finland became a member in April, while Sweden's application has been delayed due to objections from member countries Turkey and Hungary.
Swedish troops have continued to exercise with troops from other countries in the meantime and hosted a major exercise with international forces in the spring. The Nordic country hopes its submarines will give the military alliance a strategic edge in the Baltic Sea. A Ukrainian and former pro soccer player is raising money through a charity game. The match will take place at London's Stamford Bridge. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on the athlete's efforts to support his country. Former AC Milan striker Andriy Shevchenko is organizing a charity game. The game on August 5th will involve current players and legends from Arsenal, Chelsea and AC Milan. You know, we have a chance to organize the game in Stamford Bridge between uh, me and Alexander, like two captains, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a free team and a lot of legends been involved. The funds raised will be used to rebuild a school that's estimated to cost $1.7 million. This is only one school in the region who, who actually give the education for the children. And uh, that school being uh, uh, badly destroyed by Russian missiles who hit the school. Fellow Ukrainian and current Arsenal player Alexander Zinchenko has joined the effort. Even with all these scary things, this is my my place, my land, and I really I'm really uh, honored to to become uh, one of the ambassador of United 24 because uh, this platform is uh, moving in the right direction. You know, Zinchenko doesn't return to Ukraine often. I didn't been here for a while, um, and as soon as I uh, passed the border, I felt that I really feel at home. Uh, because this is the place, I don't know, where I feel the best. Shevchenko is confident Ukraine will continue to resist Russia. We fight for our freedom, we fight for democracy, we, we fight for everything. We, we fight for our land, for our families. You know, my son here with me and Alexander family is also come. We, we physically present here, we're going back, go out, try to help the country. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky supports the initiative. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. A fashion outlet offering exclusively Russian-designed clothing has opened in St. Petersburg. The outlet aims to replace foreign companies that left the country amid Russia's war in Ukraine. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details on Russian couture. This fashion show marks the opening of Slava a new department store in St. Petersburg, stocked only with Russian brands. About 30% of the space in shopping centers is vacant. Western brands left in one way or another, not only Western ones, but some Eastern brands too. Such a situation has never really happened. Therefore, there is a chance for the Russian manufacturer, for the Russian brand right now. Slava offers clothes, accessories and jewelry from 120 Russian designers. Something that was brought now looks a little different in comparison to something that used to be well-known brands. Here at the Slava store, there is quite a wide range. And the great thing is that many different designers are presented in one place. There are completely different items in terms of style. Slava aims to replace the international fashion brands that have left Russia. The store opened on May 13th. Based on demand from buyers, the store will decide which brands to keep permanently. Customer Yulia Medvedeva says she's enjoying the new store. Currently, in general, all prices have increased both for foreign brands and Russian ones. Here, in general, the prices have leveled off. It's quite affordable. 
That is, you could choose a model for any budget. But designer Natalia Tugaranova says the availability of quality fabric and equipment is also pushing up prices. She still uses old foreign machinery in her workshop. She says quality clothing will be pricey for now. Currently, there are very few fabrics on the Russian market that can be used to make decent, beautiful clothes. Because the flows that were coming from Europe are practically stopped, we used to work with Italian fabrics, we used to buy them in warehouses in Moscow. Now it has become difficult, so you have to look for other sources. In June, three more Slava department stores are set to open in Russia. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Just ahead, a rare and endangered Florida ghost orchid blooms in the UK for the first time. Only around 2,000 remain in the world because they're very hard to grow on purpose. The Versailles Gardens offer scents of Bulgarian rose, mint, and citrus. The perfumer's gardens aim to unlock the mysteries behind flowers in the 17th century French court. We'll be back with more for you soon right here on NTD News. Welcome back. We have a lighter note for you. A rare and endangered Florida ghost orchid has bloomed in the UK for the first time. Conservationists from the United States sent it as a symbol of the regeneration of the Everglades. Entity's Andrew Thomas stops to smell the orchids. This endangered Florida ghost orchid is drawing crowds at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Kew. Only around 1,500 ghost orchid plants remain in South Florida. About 500 are in Cuba. Professor Mike Fay says the ghost orchid is a conservation success story. Some years ago, our colleagues at the University of Florida were given permission to pollinate two flowers and produce some seeds, which they then collected. They germinated the seeds in cultivation using special techniques, and then gradually those plants now reach flowering size. Orchid aficionado and financier John Park Wright IV is keen to see the full revival of the ghost orchid. This is a thrill to see a Florida ghost orchid blooming here at Kew Gardens and the collaboration scientifically is so important to protect habitat around the world for rare and endangered species like rare orchids. Mary Ellen and Tom Budney from Sarasota, Florida got the first glimpse of the recently bloomed orchids. We flew into here after the cruise and we went to our hotel room turned on the television to see what news was happening in the world because we didn't get to see it on the cruise. And the first article was about the ghost orchid at Kew Gardens. So that's where we are. <laughs> Faye says the ghost orchid would normally flower for two weeks, but conservationists are concerned about the different environment. Historically, it was threatened by logging, taking timber out of the Everglades. Um, but more recently, we're rather more concerned about illegal poaching because of crazy collectors who want one for their collections. Despite the difficulties, the beautiful flowers will likely be back next year. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. The Versailles Gardens once reflected king's wealth, but they weren't only symbolic, they also helped the royal court smell better. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details on the natural deodorant. Scents of Bulgarian rose, mint, and citrus waft into visitors' nostrils at the Chateauneuf Orangery of the Grand Trianon. 
The smells transport them back in time. We have created a road of admirable trees from the past to discover the gardens by going from tree to tree. Those discovering the gardens will go from flower to flower to understand what people liked in the past and what we still like today, because perfumes are so present in our lives today. The perfumers' gardens aim to unlock the mysteries behind flowers in the 17th century French court. The Versailles gardens are a reimagining of the vision of the Sun King, Louis XIV. The former French king wanted the grounds to overflow with the scents of orange blossom and jasmine. Plants were arriving by boat from all parts of the world. Usually they would spend some time to acclimatize on the coasts of Brittany or Normandy, and then they were brought to Versailles. The first to receive them was, of course, the king, who then planted them in his garden. The king also had a practical reason for his obsessions. Following the plague, smelly courtiers feared waterborne infections and cleaned to their skin with alcohol, and they depended on the pungent scents of the royal flowers. But there's also a diplomatic explanation for the king's floral obsessions. His courtiers even doused themselves in orange blossoms to win his favor. Beyond the scent, the king's flower collection also projected France's strength as a world power. You can't miss the Royal Orangery in Versailles, a huge building meant for conservation of oranges. In total, there are three orangeries in Versailles, the royal one and two smaller ones. They are a symbol of power because tropical plants are not meant for our climate here, so their conservation implies a lot of care. The Versailles Perfumers Gardens opened on May 30th. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. The next time you brew yourself a pot of tea, you may want to set some aside for beauty's sake. The active compounds in tea can provide you with many benefits. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. Tea is rich in antioxidants, especially catechins and polyphenols. These are partly responsible for the beauty benefits it provides. You can drink it, apply it to your body, or even take it as a supplement. Whatever you choose, tea can give your skin, hair, and nails a real beauty boost. Let's look at eight ways tea can help, starting with dryness. Pour cooled green tea into a spritzer and apply it to your skin. It can help with dryness, remove toxins, and give your skin a glow. Number two, beat the bites. Place cooled chamomile tea bags on bug bites. It can bring down the bump and fight the itch. Number three, love your locks. Use one to two cups of black or green tea as a hair rinse. This can bring out the luster in your hair. Pour cooled tea over freshly washed hair and let it sit for 10 minutes, then shampoo and condition. Number four, save your shave. After shaving, your skin may be irritated, itchy and red. Manage these irritations with cooled black tea bags held on your skin. Number five, save yourself from sunburn. A refreshing and pain-relieving remedy from sunburn involves applying cooled tea bags on your skin. If the area is large, soak a large cloth in the tea and lay it on your sunburn. Number six, promote collagen production. 
Collagen is essential for healthy skin and hibiscus tea is a great source of vitamin C. This is necessary for the production of collagen. When you enjoy hibiscus tea, you will also be treating your skin to antioxidants, vitamins and minerals. Number 7. Eliminate foot odour Say goodbye to smelly feet by soaking them in a cool concentration of black or green tea. The tannic acid can stop smelly, sweaty feet because it has antifungal and antibacterial properties. And number eight, have grateful gums. If you lose a tooth or have one pulled, you will likely have painful or bleeding gums. Soothe those gums with a cold black or green tea bag. You can also treat your gums by rinsing your mouth with a cup of warm peppermint tea mixed with a pinch of salt. Nature has provided us with an amazing plant that provides not only delicious nutritious beverages, but beauty and health aids as well. You've heard about a message in a bottle, but what about a message in a bottle that will end up in space? NASA wants you to get in on its Europa Clipper mission by adding your name to an original poem. It was penned by U.S. poet Ada Limon and titled In Praise of Mystery, a poem for Europa. The poem will be aboard the spacecraft when it blasts off in October 2024. The spacecraft will then travel billions of miles away to Jupiter's moon Europa. While there, it will investigate an ocean thought to lie beneath Europa's icy crust to see whether it could support life. Names received before the end of December 2023 will be stenciled onto a microchip with the poem before the spacecraft takes off. You can sign, read the poem, and hear Lamone recite it in a video at go.nasa.gov. And that's all for today's program. We're really glad to have you with us. Please send us an email if you'd like to tell us something. We're going to put it on screen. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. I'm Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.